Welcome to LocalJobNetwork.com Radio. I'm your host, Courtney Amernick, and you're listening to Mock Interview, where we bring in job seekers and an industry professional and have them conduct a mock interview. At the end of the interview, we'll give the job seeker helpful tips for how to improve their interviewing technique. Today we have Patricia Schroeder, Dean of the Alverno College of Nursing, and she will be interviewing Rachel Hastings, a May 2013 nursing grad from the School of Nursing at Alverno College. Rachel has also recently passed her NCLEX exam, so congratulations to you, Rachel. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind our listeners that after the mock interview has been completed, we will reserve some time for Patricia to give Rachel some feedback, and I will interject with my own questions and observations. So Patricia, whenever you're ready, feel free to start. Thank you, Courtney. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Patricia. Thank you for coming in to talk with us today. And perhaps we could begin by you telling me your story and how you ended up choosing nursing as a career. Well, in my early 20s, I got a job as an ER clerk at a small hospital in my hometown. Uh, Because of our rural location and proximity to the interstate, we saw a wide variety of patients. Uh, I got the pleasure of working with some really amazing nurses, and it was my exposure to them and working with them hand in hand that really kind of whet my appetite for medical the medical field. Um, working alongside them just sparked my interest and I really felt like it was something that I could really see myself doing. So that's how I ended up in nursing. That's wonderful. It sounds like you're inspired by the field. So what kind of a role in nursing are you seeking? Well, I'm seeking a nursing position that would allow me to be a part of a team of people Um, caring for patients, I think, is a really team, kind of a team sport. And I'm looking to have some autonomy. I'm also looking for a chance to continue educating myself in different, um, you know, diagnostic techniques, different um, procedures, and really just any kind of practice issues that, you know, will come along. Healthcare is always changing, and I know that it's important to stay on top of that. Um, And I think ultimately, once I'm comfortable in the facility, I would like to take on more of a leadership role in doing, you know, training or, you know, really getting involved with the with the facility and with the organization. Mm -hmm. And and of course, it's always to all of our best interest to have you engaged and growing constantly in a role. So how did you find out about this particular healthcare system and what is it about this healthcare system that makes this opportunity a good fit for you? Well, actually, I learned about this healthcare system from uh, being in the area. I am not from here originally, and it was a pleasure to learn about all the various uh, different organizations that are available here. But what makes me uh, most impressed with this one is the progressive cutting-edge technology, the forward-thinking um, like vision of the facility and of this organization to know that they're going to be at the forefront of healthcare and of technology. Um, and I think by doing that, you're giving your patients your best chance to, you know, get well and get well quickly. Overall, it's just um, knowing that I can be a part of a team that's providing high quality patient care, patient care mm-hmm. is the thing that really uh, draw me, drew me, excuse me, to, uh, to this particular organization. Mm-hmm. And what's most important to you in finding the right position in the right organization? Um, There are a lot of things that are important to me, uh, but particularly what the culture on the unit is like, I think, is a big factor. If 
the employees that are already there that exist in that unit or in that organization are content, they're happy, they like coming to work. I think that speaks volumes for the organization. Um, you know, also how well the employees get along with the boss or the managers. Does the manager have an open door policy? You know, what is that working relationship like between the different rungs of the ladder, so to speak? Um, basically, just... Um, you know, having a good sense and good feel for, you know, what the structure of the organization is like and what the different parts of the organization um, do and how they interact with each other. Your comments about culture are intriguing for me. <laughs> and just moving in that same thought, can you describe for me an example of a particularly difficult situation with work colleagues and how you handled that? Um, yeah, actually, the... The thing that comes to mind is uh, an issue that basically stemmed from miscommunication between myself and another person on the team I was on. I it, it worked out that we were able to sit down and discuss between myself and this other person where the miscommunication happened and basically kind of take that from there and build from it. You know, we learned kind of how to talk to one another. And I feel like that's a big, big part of healthcare, and that's a big part of um, really any any employment position and being able to know how to speak to people and, you know, to meet them where they are. So um, ultimately, those good communication skills are just, like, very, very, very important. Mm -hmm. So that's where we, where we went with that. And did you make any decisions based on that experience to do things differently for the future? Actually, yeah. Um, kind of, not sure exactly how to put this. Um, when I talk to people now or when I, you know, I'm approaching someone, I really try to take the time to make sure that I understand where they're coming from, to make sure that I uh, comprehend their point of view and that I'm really, really getting their side of the story. And I think that that's important working with people. I think that's important when you're dealing with patients. You know, people who are sick aren't always able to express themselves in that way, but taking the time and having the patience mm -hmm. to really get deep into, you know, mm -hmm. finding out where they're at. Mm -hmm. um, if you can get to that point where you understand that, I think like I think that basically that gives you a foot up and <laughs> mm -hmm. knowing how to talk to them. If you can meet them where they are, then you can build from there. And as we both well know, communications in healthcare is so critical, it's actually tied to mortality. So what an important mm -hmm. key learning. Let's go back to talking about your work with patients and families. Um, can you describe an example of one of your very best nursing care experiences in a set of difficult circumstances? Um, yes. Actually, the, the, the thing that comes to mind is a patient that I took care of who had some really severe mobility issues, uh, was in a cast, had some braces on crutches. It was a pretty, pretty dire situation. He wasn't uh, supposed to be ambulating and up and around by himself. Uh, he was not the most pleasant of patients, as often happens. Um, so in caring for him, it was 
it was difficult to meet him where he was because he was so angry and so agitated and just very a very unhappy person all around. Um, but I tried my best to let him know, you know, what the points of you know, but the purpose was of what we were doing, why he couldn't be left alone, why he had to wear these braces, why we had to attend to him and everything that he was doing. Um, he didn't like it. I don't know that he really understood it, but I tried my best to keep him informed and keep him educated about why we were doing. It wasn't that we were trying to be a total inconvenience for him. It wasn't that we were mm. attempting to make his life more difficult. We were doing this to help him. Um Ultimately, he, he did whatever he wanted to do, but um, it was a good lesson in me, a lesson for me in um, having that patience and, and you know, really, you, you might not reach everybody all the time, and I realize that, uh, but you have to make the best effort possible to mm -hmm. do that. Um, so ultimately, he remained safe and nothing worse happened to him, so... He might not have been been happy about it, but I was able to do my job and keep him mm -hmm. keep him safe. And safety is critical in healthcare today. You loop right back around to your communications conversation before, and it is so pervasive. Uh, so, what do you see as the most challenging aspects of meeting patient needs? I think the most challenging thing is kind of tying to what I was saying before about this this gentleman I was taking care of um, is whether patients willing to do something. A lot of times they're able and they just don't have the desire to do things. So trying to encourage them, trying to build that confidence in themselves that, yes, you can get out of bed. Yes, you can go for a walk. Yes, you can deep breathe and cough. You can, you can do these things. And by trying that, I just find that that's the most difficult thing in getting patients to a point where they believe that they can do it so that they will do for themselves because there's only so much mm -hmm. that healthcare people, nurses, doctors, et cetera, can do. At some point, the patient has to be doing things for themselves. And so that's the part I feel is the is really kind of the, the trial and the difficult aspect of what uh, healthcare is all about. So then conversely, what do you find most rewarding about working with patients and families? The thing I find most rewarding is when I see progress. When I see a patient say, okay, one more time. I'll try it one more time just for you. And then they do it, and they do it better than they thought they were going to be able to. Um, so seeing that breakthrough, seeing that patient realize that, okay, there is hope. I can get back to normal. You know, this is not the end of everything. This is, you know, it's just a process of getting back to being the person that they once were, you know, to mm -hmm. being healthy, to being, um, you know, able to do things for themselves. So that progress, seeing that progress is what really, really inspires me and really makes me feel good <laughs> about mm -hmm. what I do. That's wonderful. As you know, we're an organization that believes in service excellence. Can you describe for me what you think service excellence means in a healthcare setting and um, examples of how you live that out? I think service excellence, that phrase really embodies a lot. Um, but what comes to mind primarily is going above and beyond what just policies say that I should do. Um, 
really going that extra mile, making that, taking that extra time, making that extra phone call, um, spending that, you know, that extra 10 minutes with a family and really breaking things down for them and explaining to them. Um, having that personal touch with a patient and their family can go a long way. And that's not something you can really write in a policy. So, um, that's that's kind of well, that's what I think of when I think of service excellence. So moving in a different path, how do you keep up with the latest information in nursing? Things like evidence-based practice, directions in the field, changing priorities, changing regulations. How do you stay on top of that? Um, I have several different ways to do that. Um, most of them are through the internet. I'm part of a. Uh, an honor society, a nursing honor society, Sigma Theta Tau International. And through their organization, I have access to journal articles and, and all the latest research. So that's very, very helpful. Um, there's also free websites, AHRQ and QSEN are online, and I can um, gather information from there as well. Once I, you know, I'm fortunate enough to get a job, I'm hoping that there will also be some avenues there available through the facility, through the organization that will allow access to those types of research and that and that information. So for right now, I'm doing the best I can with what I have. <laughs> but and those are wonderful sites. So tell me something about your long-term career goals. Where do you see your career moving? Ideally, I want to go back to school. Not right away. I, now that I've graduated, I want to stay out and <laughs> just work for a little while and enjoy, enjoy the freedom of not having homework. Um, but long term, I would like to go back. I, I really value education and I value um, improving myself and learning as much as I can. When I went to nursing school, I said I wanted to be the best nurse. And mm -hmm. I feel like the best way to do that is to keep learning. So um, ideally, you know, I want to work full time until you know, the day I roll over and die. <laughs> In the meantime, I will do my best to you know continue you know, keeping myself educated and keeping myself informed. So hopefully I'll get to go back to school. But if not, there's a lot I can do on my own. Not a question. There is a <laughs> lot you can do on your own. And, of course, knowing the future of nursing document uh, drives all of us to continuously advance our professional education. So if we hired you for this position, what kind of learning or support would you need from us? Probably the thing that would help me the most um, would be, like I said, the access to that educational information, um, any extra training. I'm, I'm always interested in learning more. So any certifications that you might not necessarily require but might be recommended, you know, I would definitely, you know, need some access to information on how to get those, where to go. Um, having good access to resources, the nurse manager or the clinical nurse specialist or, you know, whoever, if there's people like that available, I would want to talk to those people, definitely. Um, and really just um, having a good open communication between myself and the company I work for is, is really important to me. So being able to, to talk to the organization and not just... Um, be a, another minion of the organization, I think, is really important. And that's something that I would need as well. So hoping you guys can give that to me. <laughs> it really has been wonderful getting to know you a little better. And as we begin to summarize this discussion, in a world of several candidates, 
why should we hire you for this job? Well, that is an excellent question. Um, I think I'd be the best candidate for this position because I give myself to the things that I do 2,000%. When I agree to do something, I do it full force. Uh, so the things that I'm passionate about, you will see me pouring myself into. And healthcare, nursing, taking care of patients, that is something that is just in my soul. And um, I'm not in it for the job. I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the patients. And I think that that's something that not everybody can say. So I'm hoping that I'll get that opportunity, really. I just want to get out there and help people. That's wonderful. And as you think about your immediate development needs, what are the things that you're going to continue to work on as you're preparing to take this first nursing role? I think most of what I'm going to have to prepare on are, um, I, tying back to something I said earlier, communication skills are really important. And I think that's something I can never, I don't think anybody can ever really master that completely. Um, organizational skills are definitely important. Not knowing exactly what will be required of me in a given position. Every unit's different. Every hospital is different. And um, being able to, you know, be flexible to that, I think, is something I'll have to, you know, keep in mind. Mm -hmm. um, really, it's just being mentally prepared, I think, more than anything for this, you know, the seriousness of what this is now. And I'm really out here, I'm really taking care of people. And it, it can be life or death. And, you know, to not take this job too lightly, that it is serious. And these are really people that I'm dealing with. So hopefully that I can be best prepared as possible when I get out there. It's excellent. Okay, that about wraps up the question and answer portion of mock interview. And now we're going to let Patricia give some of her feedback to Rachel. And I'll interject as well with uh, some of my feedback and my observations during this interview portion. Well, that was fun, Rachel. <laughs> so I just want to thank you. And uh, what couldn't come through on the radio is how wonderful your eye contact was and how connected you seemed to be to this whole experience. It was clear from your responses you took this very seriously and you were very inspired about the potential of the role. And I think that came through in your responses. You made several comments about how nursing was in your soul, healthcare was in your soul. It helped me understand that it's a passion and a calling as mm -hmm. well as a science and a discipline. And that's something that I think is critical because the nature of the work is so important and so challenging at times that it is really critical to feel inspired and driven. I was impressed that you spoke to both clinical perspectives about the role, as well as the importance of fitting within the organization and the interprofessional team. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we look for in healthcare settings, trying to assure that you really are um, aware of the importance of working collaboratively as a team and focused on being a positive part of the culture of an institution. There were a number of times when you spoke to the issues of quality 
and patient safety. Those are critical in today's world. And you were clear about your perspectives on service excellence. All of those things are issues that healthcare settings measure and display publicly. So an awareness of that, a commitment to that in a professional nursing role, I think is critical. And finally, I was thrilled that you mentioned that you were a part of a nursing honor society, Sigma Theta Tau, which is an important hallmark of extraordinary students as well as extraordinary nurse professionals. And I think it reflected to me as an interviewer that you had just a a great base of knowledge and had demonstrated very good performance in your academic setting. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great. Okay, so there were a few different items that I also kind of picked up during the interview that I just wanted to briefly touch on. Overall, I thought it was really great. You did very well. But there are a few things that I wanted to point out were that you talked about, I think it was in question number two, there was a, you talked about your leadership roles and that you really wanted to get involved with the organization and not, not that you just wanted to be a part of the organization, but that you wanted to take on leadership, which is really important in showing that you want to grow with the organization, that you're willing to do more. And then in question number three, where Patricia asked what interests you in this organization, you talked about their cutting edge technology and you gave a bunch of positive examples. And it not only shows that you know that you've done your research and that you know about the company, but it shows that you know how they're positively impacting and you just think that they're a great organization. So that's really great. And then two different things that were just probably minor for this whole interview because it was so, so good were... Uh, One thing that I noticed was, I think in one of the questions you said what really, you fumbled with kind of the verbiage. It was draw me versus drew me. Mm -hmm. And then like, oh, they kind of just laughed. Oh, sorry. Like, let me, (laughs) let me rephrase that. And that's, that's fine. But I think you don't really need to say sorry. You don't really need to apologize. Just go over it and don't, don't even, because then, then they'll come back to it too. And just kind of be like, oh, well, yeah, she didn't make a mistake. (laughs) So that was my, my deceased grammar teaching grandmother that was (laughs) calling forth. (laughs) <laughs> and then just kind of one of the bigger things, I know that when I was interviewing for positions, I had tons of problems with verbal fillers, like, uh, and um, and, you know, and better. And kind yeah. of just what I learned over the years is that it's better kind of just to pause and wait and Be take quiet. a step back than just to give a ver- verbal filler. But once yeah. again, it's really hard for everyone to do, but it's something that does occur in a lot of interviews. That was really all that I had that I wanted to go for. So I think this about wraps up the episode of Mock Interview. Many thanks to Patricia Schroeder and Rachel Hastings from Alverno College. I would like to take this final moment to encourage our listeners to continue listening to localjobnetwork.com radio. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, please email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, this has been Courtney Ominick for localjobnetwork.com radio. Thank you for tuning into today's program. Thank you.